Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Wednesday afternoon, April the 14th. We're getting very, very close to the draft, and we are breaking down another quarterback prospect with Trey Lance. Uh, we'll have Emory Hunt breaking him down. Make sure and check out Trevor Lawrence, uh, <laughs> Justin Fields. And Zach Wilson. I almost called him Mac Wilson. Zach Wilson in the feed. Mac Jones will be coming on Friday. A breakdown with Ryan Wilson. Plus, of course, a Pick 6 podcast mailbag. If you want to have a mailbag question answered, if you want to talk about a prospect, a team's offseason, um, anything, uh, not even not football-related, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we will include it in the mailbag at some point. Joining me now to talk about Trey Lance, a man who has a deep knowledge of this draft class because he's been grinded on film. He says he's on the Canadian draft prospects at this point. Emory Hunt, what's up, buddy? What's going on, man? Glad to be on the show. Yeah, thanks as always for doing it. Uh, and we should point out, uh, people can, is it fbgameplan.com where people can go to get the, well, tell, tell people where they can go to get your draft guide. Yeah, they can go to footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. Over 600 prospect grades, individual scouting reports, over 700 pages of content at your fingertips. Emory, the thing, and you also have a YouTube channel as well where you're pushing, uh, content. What's the, uh, what's the YouTube address there? Yes, yeah, youtube.com slash football game plan. We got all kind of coaching interviews, uh, whiteboard nice. stuff, all kind of stuff that we, we do on, on the YouTube. If it's football involved, we cover it. Yeah, and the thing I like about you, Emery, I mean, other than, you know, you're an entertaining guy to chat with and you have, you know, smart gambling opinions, you also will take a stand when it comes to draft prospects. And I mean, I think a lot of, a lot of people, I mean, obviously, like, you know, if you're a draft, if you do, if you're doing draft stuff, you're going to have to take a stand at some point. But I do think that a lot of times you'll see groupthink kind of emerge and it pushes, you know, just the mock drafts just sort of tend to imitate one another. And, uh, that's why I like you, Emery, because you are willing to take a stand. So let's take a stand on maybe, or maybe take a stand on Trey Lance. I don't know. He's, he's a hard, hard prospect to figure out MVP of the division one football championship game in the 2019 season, a three star recruit out of Marshall, Minnesota. 2019, uh, he had 28 touchdowns, zero interceptions, completed almost 67% of his passes, 1100 rushing yards, 14 rushing touchdowns. And then in 2020, he played a single game because of the COVID situation, because he's at North Dakota State. Um, how hard is it to get an evaluation of a guy 
you know, it's obviously a different situation than, than anything anybody's ever experienced from a draft perspective and an evaluation perspective. How hard is it to get an evaluation of a guy who plays in this offense at North Dakota State who has had one game in the last really 365 days, I guess? Um, how difficult is that? It's a bit difficult because you have a lot of hurdles to overcome. You have the hurdle of playing at the FCS level. You have the hurdle of him being a redshirt freshman last year in an offense that is predicated on running the football, ball control. They dominate teams up front along the line of scrimmage. Dylan Radness is another one of these pro prospects up front that should go in the second round. Mm. And they, they run the football outstandingly well. So for a freshman quarterback, it's a turnkey offense to step into. You don't have to do much. And he made some impressive plays as that redshirt freshman, but in the playoffs, he didn't play particularly well. And in his showcase game uh, against some NFL prospects out there on the perimeter, Robert Rochelle is a cornerback for Central Arkansas that could go in the third round, a tremendous athlete. He was down to senior bowl. He didn't play particularly well in that game in areas that we needed him to play well in, which is the passing game. We know he's a tremendous runner. That was evident at North Dakota State in, uh, in 2019 and also this one game. So he had a lot of hurdles to jump through. So right now you're making a projection pick on a guy that has all of the tools laid out on the table that you want. But will he put it all together or will you give him the time to put it all together so that way he can have the most success? Well, you talk about those tools, and I think when you look at strengths of Trey Lance, I mean, that's what it is, right? He's a it's a lot of times when we start talking about these guys from smaller schools, you know, like you're not going to like if, if, if Mac, I think this is accurate. If Mac Jones plays at North Dakota state, he's probably not going to be the number three overall pick. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're going to come from North Dakota state or even BYU and you're going to rise up the, the rankings. I mean, I think this even applies to like, I mean, to a small degree, Baylor and like RG3, you know, like you need to flash freak athletic skills if you don't come from a dominant P5 program a lot of times. That's just kind of how it works in the in the draft industry. And that's Trey Lance's biggest strengths, right, that he just oozes upside. Right. He has a ridiculously strong arm. Like he can legitimately throw the football where he wants to on the field. He's a plus one in the run game, which is the the new thing now that should have been always a thing in the NFL because it makes it hard to defend you uh, if you have a quarterback that can also account for the run game, which he can do. And he has the upside potential. He was able to hit some deep throws. That's one of the hardest throws that a quarterback can attempt because it, it requires a lot of timing, a lot of touch, a lot of anticipation, all of those things that you want to see connect on a deep ball. And he was able to hit those fairly well as a redshirt freshman when given the opportunity. So you look at what he did, and and if you just look at him quickly in a, in a passing view, he's sort of similar to that of Jordan Love, who was drafted mm. last year by the Green Bay Packers in the first round. And you see what the Packers are doing with Jordan Love. They allowed him to go to a situation where he can develop, work on some of the nuances of his game, digest that offense. So when it is his time to step in, it could be a turnkey situation. So that's why I see – Lance, I don't think he's everybody's first round pick, but if I'm Atlanta, if I'm New England, if I'm somewhere like, uh, you know, let's Could say Carol- maybe Carolina well, qualify with Sam Darnold. Yeah. Carolina, Bal- not Baltimore, uh, Pittsburgh, yep. uh, even though they, they have Dwayne Haskins, uh, another young guy, but it's, I bring up Haskins because when you look at what we talked about last year, where a lot of people talked about, well, he didn't have, the amount of starts. Well, this dude at Ohio State started 15 or 16 games, broke records, both NCAA and also Ohio State records, was a Heisman finalist. 
And now this year we're talking about a guy with 15 starts from the FCS um, with an okay one game showcase and him going in the top three, you know, so I, I, I see Lance being a better suited player. Detroit would be a good option anywhere where he can go where there's a staff that has the, the luxury of time to be able to, to slow walk him into the process and develop him. That's where he would go. But if you're asking him to go to um, the jets or Jacksonville, number one, overall, those are not places where he can thrive because he's going to be pressured to play right away. And I don't think he's ready to do that. Yeah. That's, I think Trey Lance makes this a particularly interesting draft because, and maybe Carolina is even a bad example because it's possible that Sam Darnold goes down there and struggles. I, I don't think San Francisco is completely off the table just because they do have Jimmy Garoppolo still. And they've said that they want to, to start him. Obviously Mac Jones is connected there, but I think, I think you're, I, what I'm saying is I agree with your point completely. If you're, you know, we, We've seen that this football outsiders, when we talk about these, these Q based stats that they do, a lot of it is based on, and it's a projection based on college starts. And the more starts you have, the easier it is to determine whether or not you're going to be a quality NFL player. And when you have 15 or 16 starts at the FCS or FBS, FCS level, and you know, one of them is an exhibition game in a COVID season, you just don't have the experience to make the leap to the NFL level right away. I mean, his, I, was Carson Wentz his predecessor? Is that right? Or was there a guy in between them? Like it had to have been a guy in between them, right? Listen, we can go back. You know, Brock Jensen was outstanding at North Dakota State, won championships. Carson Wentz stepped in, won a championship. I was at the game where they played eight, where he came back in the fourth quarter. Game. He was on his way to his second consecutive championship, got hurt. Then Easton Stick stepped in That's and was. won a lot of games in a row. Yeah, and then Wentz came back for the title game, and they won back-to-back championships. And then Stick steps in, and they go win a championship. So, and the fact that Lance stepped in and won a championship. So, are they recruiting these blue-chip type talents, or is everything around them juxtaposed to the competition that they're playing? Are they just better than everybody that they're playing, and they're winning these championships? Because if you look at all of those quarterbacks in a vacuum, Jensen went up to the CFL. We see Wentz now on his second team in the NFL. Uh, Stick is with the Chargers and is more so of a backup role. And now we're talking about Lance as a top three overall pick. So I, I think we have to look at it as, okay, was it where they played? Is it the individual talent? Yeah. Or is it, or is it a combination of both? Uh, I, by the way, I thought it was really interesting. I, I mean, look, I'm not as, I didn't realize that Dylan Radden said this, this, he's got a second round. He's got like a, Mid second, day two pick playing offensive tackle for him and they're going up against other. I mean, that's like, that's, I mean, that it's, that's what makes this so hard. You have to extract the individual talent and skill level out from all of these X factors. And it's real. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a really hard evaluation when you look at Lance and, and, and things that he might not do well. Um, I mean, is his weakness is just as simple as he doesn't have the experience or there are other things that he struggles with. It's a little bit tied to his experience. For me, it's like the timing is a little bit off. He has to see it first before he trusts it to throw it. Mm. Um, in the NFL, that late. Uh, so, but that comes with time, you know, the, the, the touch and anticipation, uh, that comes with reps. And if you don't have the amount of reps in the passing game, and it's not like he's coming out of a triple option offense. I'm not right. saying that, but it's the fact that the amount of pass attempts that you need to have that kind of continuity. Uh, with your, your receivers and in the passing game to anticipate coverage. And so you won't get that um at North Dakota State because he didn't play a lot. You know, he had one year, and again, they were, you know, 
put the handcuffs on him a little bit because he was a freshman until he proved that he can kind of help this team win. But in the playoffs, we saw him passing the football was kind of hit or miss. And so then you come back in the showcase game, there were some opportunities where, you know, Central Arkansas dropped some interceptions. They were able to make plays on the ball or two. He threw his first interception in that game um, mm. against Central Arkansas. So you, you, the good thing about him is that he has the tools. And the better thing for him, juxtaposed to Jordan Love, is that now we see Lance could go into a situation where he's going to have a full off season. He's going to get to play a preseason game or two. He's going to get a lot of reps in the preseason and then get to be stashed on the side uh, and allowed to be slow walked into the process. And so I think that right there is why you see teams willing to take him high, knowing they have a plan in place. But if they don't have a plan in place and they succumb, succumb to the pressure of putting him out there early, it could be a Dwayne Haskin situation where you get him out there. He's not ready. Now he's looking over his shoulder and where every pass he throws, will he get pulled or will he have to on the side? So you don't want that situation going on because we saw it happen with Deshaun Kaiser in Cleveland. We don't want to see that happen with a guy like Lance, wherever he goes. Yeah, I mean, the other guy that I think is a viable case for that, too, is Mitchell Trubisky, who had 12 starts, basically, maybe 13 starts when he came out of Carolina. I mean, you know, Larry Fedora thought he was going to stick around for a couple of years, probably cost Larry Fedora his job. He bounces. You know, the Bears loved him, but, you know, they he had to play right away. And these rookie contracts are short. And if you're, if you're you know, like if Jordan Love was playing for the Packers this past year, I mean, I can promise you that the Packers are not winning 13 games and, and that the, and that there's a lot of heat on Brian Gutekunst if Aaron Rodgers is taking somebody else to an, a, a championship game. All right. Let's take a, a quick break when we come back. Uh, maybe some pro comps for Trey Lance and where he might end up going in the draft. Robert Half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, so... Again, we, we like to stress, we don't have to make a pro comp and, um, like a, like a specific, have to be like, this guy is a, it's, a, it's not a cookie cutter situation, especially with a dude from North Dakota State, uh, with this minimal amount of starts. Now, having said all that, it is very possible that you're like, he's Carson Wentz. I, I don't know. <laughs> no, not for me. He, he's Jordan Love. Okay. Um, I think they have the same throwing motion and he's on that Deshaun Kaiser, Jordan Love spectrum. Kaiser had the same type of throwing motion, same type of athleticism. Kaiser was maybe a bit thicker at like mm-hmm. 235, um, but they both were the same type of guy where they have a, a nice whip for an arm. That ball can get out quickly. Uh, they can throw it deep very well. They have the athleticism. I think he's on the Jordan Love side of things because he's more built like Jordan Love as far as being wiry. Um, but I do like the fact that both, all three guys to me have that whip of an arm. They can add a plus one into the run game. Um, and I think because we have seen Jordan Love recently, I will lean more toward Jordan Love. But again, if you told me just Sean Kaiser, 
who I liked as a prospect coming out of Notre Dame. He has a lot of the same skill sets as uh, Kaiser. And when you look at Love, he has the same type skill set as Love. So since Love is the most recent quarterback we've seen in college, I'm going to say he's more Jordan Love than anything. Okay. Um, is there, is it possible there's some Josh Allen to his game at all? I mean, like, does that, is that a fair upside given, like, I guess, I guess it's just easy to say, all right, this guy played against lower in, like lesser tier competition in college, like oozes potential. You know, there's, in, there's NFL coaches out there, a lot of them who are like, we, if we get this guy and you give me a couple of years, I can turn this guy into a superstar. I mean, that's just kind of how it works, right? I mean, any, is, is that a fair comp at all? Or is that, or is it, or is his ceiling lower? You know, where he defers or differs from Josh Allen, Josh Allen didn't play well in any of his big games at Wyoming. No. Juxtaposed to a guy that won a national championship, um, stepping in for a quarterback that was revered. And Easton Stick, who won a championship and, and really carried a team into the playoffs and through the playoffs. We didn't see Josh Allen play well against San Diego State. We didn't see him play well against Boise State. We didn't see him play well against any Oregon, any top competition they played or, or equal competition or top competition. He struggled in those games where he does a part, a point that I, when I, Josh Allen, my, my draft grade, I put in this, this scouting report, Josh Allen, excelled inside the red zone at Wyoming. Once he got inside the 20, it was, it's going to be a touchdown. It's going to, he's going to protect the football. He's going to become a plus one in the run game. You see a lot of the same things with Jordan Love. Once he gets inside the 20, it's game over. You might as well get, you know, the extra point team ready because that ball is going into the end zone. Uh, it's the 20 to 20 is where the adventure starts. Interesting. Uh, with, you know, but inside the 20, some guys are able to lock in and Kaiser was a set on the other side of things. Kaiser was able to do well. 20 to 20, but inside of 20, he had a lot of red zone issues. And so where you struggle the most, you don't want to struggle the most inside the scoring area of the field. And Josh Allen, at and we see it now in the NFL, I think he only has, what, one turnover inside of 20, mm-hmm. uh, if that. And so he excelled inside of the 20-yard uh, line. Um, Trey Lance does the same thing or did the same thing in North Dakota State. So some guys are able to hone in once they get inside the 20 and realize the situation that the field is shrink. It shrinks for them. They have to be, they're forced to make a quick decision. Um, and a lot of times they go with their first instinct, which is right. And also they have that ace in the hole, which is their athleticism and they're able to make something happen. So that's why they tend to do well inside the green area. I mean, a, a strong play inside the red zone is way more important than strong play from 20 to 20. You can spread it out. Any, any half decent offensive coordinator can get you some open looks from 20 to 20, right? I mean, it's, 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 it's inside right. the red zone and that ability to run is huge. I don't know if I mentioned his measurable 6'4", 224 arms, 31 and a half inches, 9.125 inch hands. This is per NFL.com. One fascinating thing about Trey Lance that I, I don't think I'd even realized when the draft happens on whatever, I guess April 29th or whatever it is. Um, He'll be 20 years old. He doesn't turn 21 until May 9th of this year. He was born in 2000. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's really intriguing. I think too, like, you know, when we, I, I feel like sometimes this flies under the national radar of, you know, if you have a prospect who is that much younger and is raw, it's a whole different ball game from a guy who's like 23 and still hasn't quite put it all together. Right. That's why you like Trey Lance. That's why you like the fact that. Man, he has these tools at that age coming off that career, albeit brief, at North Dakota State. It screams 
upside. It's almost like the NBA draft where, man, this dude is 19 years old with all his length and athleticism. We can develop him, coach him up, feed him, help him fill out his frame, and he'll be, you know, Chris Bosh by, by, by year five. Um, uh, by but the, by, that's oh. why you like Trey Lance. That's why you have teams taking early. By the way, I think to Josh Allen apparently just left like a, uh, he gave a message to, uh, he gave a message to, to Trey Lance. He said, what's up, man? Josh Allen with the Bills here. Let me tell you something. You're always going to have doubters. I've heard it all before. You're not good enough to play quarterback in the NFL. You're untested. Your competition is weak. Ignore them. Get on the field and let the game do your talking. Ah, I like that from Josh Allen. Give him a little message. All right. So when we look at the draft for Trey Lance, you referenced, you know, he's not going to the first two picks. It's just not happening. We know that Trevor Lawrence is going one and Zach Wilson is going to, um, you know, the, I mean, I know we don't always trust sports book odds when it comes to the draft, but everything you hear from around the league and even frankly, the hints we're hearing from Urban Meyer and Joe Douglas can lead us to lock into, uh, what are you, you know, minus 10,000, minus 1670, whatever those numbers are. We, that's going to be the first two picks. There's not going to be drama. The only reason they're not announcing it and signing these guys to a contract is that the NFL asked teams not to do it because they liked it. They don't want to ruin the drama on April, uh, in the first round of that draft, but the drama does start at three. Um, I, I don't think it's crazy to suggest that the 49ers could like the idea of Trey Lance in that system, but I, I do think they, they're looking at 2022 for this rookie quarterback. And as you pointed out, I don't think he's quite ready for there. So the highest, his ceiling is probably four with Atlanta in terms of where he gets drafted, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I think you look at Atlanta and you look at them in the sense of how Pittsburgh was with Roethlisberger. They don't plan to be picking up that high uh, in the near future. So if you have an opportunity to grab a guy to help replace, you know, your aging veteran uh, who's 36 and is not the most mobile guy, you have to do it. So it makes so much sense for Atlanta to take Trey Lance at four. And I think the other thing too, it's, it'll be, it's really interesting. From what I understand, it, this is just the general sense I get is that Arthur Smith wants to, and we talked about this with Ryan Wilson, that Arthur Smith thinks he can win now with Matt Ryan. And if you look at Matt Ryan's contract, he's really not even cuttable for two years. I mean, they, they could get rid of him next year, but you're talking about a $40 million cap hit. So it, I think it's more likely that you have Matt Ryan for two years. Now, if you have Matt Ryan for two years, that's really a perfect situation for Trey Lance. Um, you know, you lose two years of that rookie deal, of course, and that's a problem. You want to have as many as you can. But if, I mean, isn't there a little bit of Ryan Tannehill? To, uh, to Trey Lance's game, just in terms of running ability, you know, raw, I mean, freaking Tannehill was a wide receiver at AM. and um, coming out of college, you know, you don't have a ton of starts, you have a, you know, great deep ball placement. And so you can, I mean, I can, is that, does that make sense? Like fashioning your offense around Trey Lance, but not planning on using it until 2023 even? Yeah, absolutely. It's the old school way of doing it. Think about when Jeff Fisher and those guys drafted Steve McNair. We didn't see McNair extensively for two years. He played a little bit here, a little bit there, mop up duty. And then once he hit the ground as a full time starter, guess what they also had in tow? Eddie George. So, you know, now you build your offense up. Your guy knows the system. You have the luxury of being there as a, as a coach. So you can develop him, get him to see the same things that you see, work on his mechanics, work on his technique. And when he's ready to go, the team should be better around him. And therefore you can hit the ground running. Yeah. And you've got these younger offensive linemen and Caleb McGarry and Chris Lindstrom who, you know, they, I mean, 
we'll see if it pans out. Thomas Dimitrov, you know, spent a lot of draft capital then, but you'd like to have, you know, you don't, you, I, yeah, I agree. You cannot throw Trey Lance out there with Atlanta. Um, where else, uh, what, what do you think his floor is, I guess, in the draft? How far can Trey Lance fall? I actually bet the over five and a half quarterbacks in the first round, but it's you now it's plus 350. So like, you know, I'm, I'm banking on, um, the big five and then one more sneaking in. If Trey Lance drops pretty far, all of a sudden I'm probably losing that bet. I, I'm assuming. I'll go run up the pick for Detroit if he falls to seven because Ooh. you can't depend on Jared Goff. Number one, we've seen that movie already. Uh, and we know that's not a, a pretty good film. So you look at what Detroit has in tow. A, a coach that is all about physicality. Love Dan Campbell. They have an OC in Anthony Lynn who just developed the rookie of the year in Justin Herbert did a and, great and, job. Ty, and, 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 is, and is like head over heels in love with Tyrod Taylor, who's a mo- like that. That's, that's what he loves to have is a running quarterback, a mobile quarterback in his offense. You look at what they also have on offense. They drafted a tight end already in Hawkinson. They have another tight end, Asi Asi, who's a, a very good co-pilot to run in that dual tight end offense. And they have one of the best running backs that they got in the draft last year in DeAndre Swift. So they have, enough to where if this guy has to play, he is going to step in right away and the run game is going to be second to none because they have the mobile quarterback aspect along with a guy that's dynamic and swift and they're going to have the tight ends that's going to be open all day out the week. But you you wonder, okay, they do need a receiver because they don't have someone out on a perimeter that scares you. But if Trey Lance is there, you go quarterback receiver, you can find some good receivers in the second round. Um, but Lance would be your your heir apparent to Jared Goff, who is on a hook for you for what another year or two. And you, then you've, you can just you've, move on. You've got Jared Goff for two years. His cap hit, his dead cap hit in twenty twenty two would be thirty point five million dollars. You don't trade. You know, I mean, you don't. The reason you trade for Jared Goff is that he gives you a. We're not Tim, or we're not Jeff like David Blau for the next two years. Right. You know, or, or so you're not drafting Trey Lance and then throwing him out there. You know, that's what, that's what Jared Goff is, is a, a, a bridge while you're rebuilding with some upside in the event that, you know, maybe he turns out to be half decent. I, I do think, um, I mean, I think there, I do think, however, there's a chance given the, the skill at wide receiver and tight end and offensive line up at the top of this draft. I, I think there's a chance that, Detroit and Carolina could pass on him because, you know, Carolina's investment in Darnold means that they are, you know, like, like that means that they, they need an offensive lineman. And I think they're going to go with, uh, uh, Slater or, or Sewell or, or Darisol, whoever ends up being there. I guess Denver could potentially take him, but I don't know that the Drew Lock, Trey Lance is really what you want to be trotting. Like people would be pounding the table for Trey Lance as soon as Drew Lock struggles and then you're putting him out there and he's not ready in, a, in an offense that, you know, hasn't shown to be exactly a perfect fit. I don't think you know, the Giants are good. Cowboys are going to take him. Giants won't take him. I don't know how the Eagles can take another North Dakota State quarterback when they got Jalen Hurst in the first round. Chargers won't take him. I don't think the Vikings would. So is his floor? I mean, I'm just walking through like a worst case scenario here. Patriots, the floor at 15. Do they take him at 15? Could be. I mean, that, that could be a good floor. I, I, you know, it's funny. We talk about the Giants. Like, yo, are you? Oh, I mean, don't get me wrong. The, the Giants, they, like, take him. <laughs> I, they, 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 got, they won't take him because they, they're telling themselves Daniel Jones is the guy. Right. Um, uh, until next year when they're going to be picking high again and they have to pick <laughs> right. a quarterback. Uh, but 
you're right. The Patriots, you know, that would be the Patriots type move. Well, this guy fell. According to our board, he's our highest rated guy. We took the best player available who just so happens to be a quarterback. And we don't have to play him because we have a good quarterback in Cam Newton who we are invested in for this year. And we have a chance to, you know, develop a guy that is super talented. So yeah, that could be the floor for him, you know, and I think that's another good area for a guy like uh, Trey Lyons. Again, where he doesn't have to play right away is the best place for him because we just saw a quarterback in Washington, right, wrong, or indifferent in Dwayne Haskins get drafted by Jay Gruden, didn't want him. Ron Rivera decided that he was going to play mind games and didn't put the guy out there. And we saw the play calling was different when Haskins was out there, just opposed to anybody else. Um, they realized, oh, there's a run game when Alex Smith was in the, in the game. Mm. But when Haskins was out there, they want to throw the football all over the, all over the yard. Uh, so now, then now he's in Pittsburgh where he has a good chance to thrive because he's with a coach that understands how to develop players. Uh, so we'll see if that works out in Pittsburgh, but I don't want him to go to, Chicago could even be an option. I, I was about to ask you, about you Chicago. And, and, so you have I Andy Dalton. See, I don't disagree with you because you have Andy Dalton there, but I would say my concern with Chicago would be that Ryan Pace is like, oh, if I draft Trey Lance, I might save my job because we'll have another young quarterback. And if we like go eight and eight or not, or eight and nine and eight or, 10 and 7. Right. This would be awful trying to figure this out. But, you know, if you do that, like, oh, we might save our jobs and then we can roll out Trey Lance the next year. I, I just, but, but I, I agree with you. I think, I think, uh, I think Chicago makes some sense. I don't think Washington can be off the table either because they have, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick there. And then I guess Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh would be a, a because, you know, it, I think they did it the right way by getting Haskins because it cost them nothing True. and big. It seems to be the type that is going to pull the Brett Favre role and try to, you know, ham, hamstring that, that position until he decides he wants to leave. So you don't want to invest that much money into a position where then Roethlisberger said, you know what? I, I can play for another four or five years. You know, so, <laughs> hey, Big, Big Ben, you can't play for another four or five years. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. So but I, you're right. You draft a guy and Big Ben's like, Oh, you know what? I'm feeling fresh. He's like dropping weight. He's like, Oh, right. I'm on a keto. Like it's a big deal. And, um, and we'll refuse to, you know, uh, adjust his contract. So Pittsburgh is kind of hamstrung by Big Ben, like Green yeah. Bay was with, you know, we did, we missed three years of Aaron Rodgers play, uh, because Favre kept stringing along the Packers, but people knock Chicago. Chicago is a good spot because you look at a team, you look at they were able to do with Mr. Biscuit. They got to playoffs with him as their quarterback twice. So sure. you put a better quarterback there. They can do some good things. Washington, I think would be an intriguing spot for someone that has a lot of starts, like a Kellen Mond or, you know, uh, Mac Jones, somebody like that, that has played a lot would probably be best for a Washington, in my opinion. Okay. I dig it. Um, and then, you know, the last, the last team I look at, and you'd be talking about anything past this, maybe as a trade up, but I think the Saints at, at 28, like if for some reason teams don't love Trey Lance and he falls and, and I think he'll go higher than that. I, I really don't think he'll fall that far because he's 20 years old, oozing upside. You know, can run like crazy and has a, is a big arm. I mean, I think he'll end up going pretty, pretty high, but I, I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't put it past Sean Payton to, I mean, like, he's like a soup. What if he's a souped up Taysom Hill, you know? And, and, listen, and you, you can sit behind James Winston for a year. Listen, I, I'm a, I love history and history tells us everything that's going to happen in the future. So we re- rely on history. The Saints traded up in a draft in a draft where the best quarterback in 2018 was falling. And, and we, he thought he was, Marcus, we thought he was getting, we thought he was Exactly. No. And he took Marcus Davenport. What are you doing? So no, they're not taking Trey Lance. They'll Good. trade up and take somebody else. 
before they take a quarterback. They they will because I, I grew up a Saints fan, right? And um, so I've been on this thing, this Saints train for longest. When the Saints had an opportunity, to, when they needed everything, scream. The Saints need a running back. They traded up in the draft and passed on Warg Dunn to take a, 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 an offensive lineman. The oh, next year, man. they pass on Eddie George to take Chris Naoli or Alex Motor. It was inverse. But both drafts, they passed on two great running backs mm. to take players that were insignificant. So that, I'm that, not buying into the Saints picking anything until I see it happen. That, like, 45 seconds to a minute, where it was like the Saints have traded up. It's like, Sean Payton's getting Lamar Jackson. Ah, chaos. This is incredible. They're like, Marcus Davenport. It's like, what? What? Are, what? Like, what are you traded up? What? For, like, no, no. It's and then it's like, end up being better than Marcus Davenport anyway. Yeah, that's right. Um, look, it, anyway, we're not going to, we can't go to our Saints rabbit hole. We hit the 30 minute mark. I told you I keep these short. Uh, but that's the Trey Lance breakdown. Emory Hunt, make sure and go to foot, is it footballgameplan.com? Am I doing that right? How do I not get it right? Footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. Go buy his draft guide. It's chock full of great information. Tons of nuggets. Check that thing out. And, uh, I, man, I'm excited. Trey Lance is now, I'm, I think Trey Lance is the most intriguing part of outside of Mac Jones and possibly three. Trey Lance is maybe the most intriguing aspect of this first round and that, and that Thursday night. Watch Emory on CBS Sports HQ. Uh, thanks as always for hopping on with us, buddy. Always a pleasure, man. Have you heard of Nordic Knots? The Scandinavian rug company that has become the insider brand gracing some of the most beautiful homes around the world? With rug designs by some of the world's leading designers and a signature collection of wool and jute rugs in modern colors. But Nordic Knots is not just about great design. Their mission is to make quality rugs that last, with no compromises. Goodweave certified, handmade pieces woven in all natural materials. At NordicKnots.com, it's easy to find a rug that's just right. A curated collection in lots of colors and sizes to choose from. Even custom sizes are possible. So, whether you're the type who loves the understated elegance of their luxury essentials or the bold statements from their top designer collaborations, you can't really go wrong. Oh, and don't tell anyone, but right now, you can get a free sample with the code INNERCIRCLE. NordicKnots.com.